0: Welcome to the Let's Get Down to Business podcast. I'm your host today, Charlotte Newman, and today we are taking a very short break from our 12 Vital Ingredients series because I want to chat to you about the hottest topic this week, which is creating a lot of questions from our clients and followers, and that is the Prime Minister's Autumn Budget, which was released on the 27th of October 2021. I'm sure you have your own questions about this recent announcement, so we wanted to get as many of these answers all in one place as quickly as possible to tell you exactly what it means for you and your Business. I'm joined today by Josh Curtis, a partner at A4G LLP. Hi, Josh, and thank you so much for joining us so quickly. I am sure you've only had a short while to digest all of the recent announcements. So I just wondered if I could just hand the mic over to you and get you to run through all of the key highlights and give our listeners some just practical advice or thoughts on what this all actually means for them.
1: Thank you for that introduction, Charlotte. Well, I've got a few notes from yesterday's budget, but ultimately the budget was actually quite sparse in tax legislation. And this is despite April, 2022, seeing the biggest tax increase for many years. I heard someone on the BBC saying it was the biggest tax increase since 1993 um, with all the increases in national insurance and dividends tax rates, as well as everything else that had been previously announced. In fact, from the budget, There are two pieces of tax legislation which I saw in the budget um, which are of note, neither of which were actually mentioned in the Chancellor's speech. The first of these, which um, possibly has the biggest impact in the medium term, is that they are looking at increasing the age at which you can draw down on your private pension. So anyone who was born after March, 1971, will not be able to take their private pension until the age of 57 as of the 6th of April, 2028. So in 6th of April, 2028, they're increasing the age at which you can draw a private pension from 55 to 57, therefore meaning that those who expected to be able to take their pension at 55, who are not yet 50 um, or have only just turned 50, um, may have to rethink their retirement plans. Um, I'm sure after the craziness of the last um, couple of years, people have been readdressing their pension plans, but this is going to be something to consider. Um, although state pension age um, remains untouched, with that currently being 66, but looking to increase up to 68 years old to take the state pension over the coming years. This does have an impact for those who are considering locking money away in a private pension and um, knowing when they'll be able to take their tax free lump sums. And as I say, that wasn't mentioned in the budget speech at all and has only come out in the small print afterwards. One other item that was in the small print is a change to the capital gains tax system in a change to a rule that I fear not many people were aware of. Up until yesterday, if you sold a UK residential property, then you had to declare the capital gain and pay the capital gains tax within 30 days of completing on the sale of the property. They announced yesterday that they would increase that time limit to 60 days. Um, This is a really important rule. I mean, I think this extension is a realisation that actually no one was able to make it within the 30 days time limit Um, because sometimes if, if you've held a property for a long period of time, the information you need to pull together to get the capital gains tax is quite onerous. Um, There are flaws in that system, which I'll come on to in a minute. But um, by extending it to 60 days, it does give a bit more time to get that capital gains tax calculation um, right and get the submission in on time. My concerns have been that when clients of ours have sold residential properties um, that have either been rented out or have been rented out at some point in their history causing a capital gain to arise, and um, their solicitors haven't notified them that they need to make a capital gains tax declaration. They've just assumed it will go on to the year end tax return, um, which isn't the case at the moment. And that could result in fines and penalties and interest due to HMRC. So if anyone is thinking about selling a property I'd recommend telling us as soon as possible um, about the property that you're going to sell so that we can work out the capital gain in advance and at least find out what bits of information you may need to dig out um, before the property is sold, um, giving you a better position um, post completion to make the declaration that's needed. As I say, I, I do see some flaws in this system because you have to it, say you sell a property in April of the year. Well, that's the first month of the tax year. You may not know what your overall tax position is going to be by the end of the tax year in the March following. And so therefore we have to make an estimate about your income tax bandings in order to calculate your ca- um capital gains tax calculation so there is a mechanism for correcting it but it's not a very good mechanism and i've heard lots of problems with um getting refunds from hmrc where um your income tax banding has been lower than anticipated um so i do see lots of flaws in this system this little tinkering helps a little bit but it doesn't solve some of the big problems with this um there's a a big bit of me that hopes that they'll just axe the whole system but um I, I'm not convinced they'll do that, having uh, gone this far with it. So then let's move on to um, some of the bits that were in the speech. Um, one of the things he did mention in the speech was a business rates cut for um, businesses in retail, hospitality and leisure, where they're going to get a further 50 percent discount on business rates for the 2022-2023 tax year. And. Um, One thing to note just alongside this is currently um, businesses that are in hospitality and accommodation currently have the reduced VAT rate of 12.5% that started from the beginning of October and that looks set to increase to 20% as planned in April 2022. So those were the main aspects of the tax system that I think affect the the most people um, from the budget. But... What's um, missing is that it didn't mention about the National Insurance and Dividends Rate um, increases due to come in in April 2022. I think the plan was to get the Prime Minister to announce that at the beginning of September so that they didn't have to mention it in the budget. In fact I searched the the budget document, it was 200 pages and the words National Insurance only appeared four times in the entire document um, showing just how much they wanted to hide from the fact that they've put National Insurance up. Now in my head, National Insurance is just tax. I don't make any separation from it. Ultimately, when you pay National Insurance, it goes into the same HMRC bank account as income tax does. So I always look at it as the same thing um, with my accountancy brain on. Now in reality, National Insurance was set up to fund state pension and um, then further was added to, um, to fund the NHS. So when they introduced this and called it the climate change, uh, sorry, not climate change, the health and social care levy, it seemed to me as if it was just doing exactly what national insurance was set up to do in the first place. There was a lot of talk about how they want to put the new increase in national insurance as its own tax from 2024 or 2023-24, but a lot of commentators don't think this will happen. They think this will just be a permanent tax increase to the national insurance system. The main reason for that is... Um, to have a third type of income tax would overcomplicate the system and they don't think there's really the staff available at HMRC or in Whitehall to actually put this legislation in place in time for their 2023 trigger date. So I think this will just be an an increase in national insurance um, going forward. Um, So with that, I just wanted to confirm what the uh, income tax rates will be for next year. Um, So income tax... Doesn't change. Um, The the bandings have been frozen since the budget in March of 2021. So that means the basic rate band, the personal allowance um, being 12,570, that doesn't change. Basic rate band of 37,700, that doesn't change. Uh, You lose your personal allowance as you earn above 100,000 for a pound every two pounds over that you go. And the higher rate band of 150,000. When you go into the additional rate tax, or as being a monopoly player, um, super tax band, um, with national insurance, they uh, the budget did confirm that the bandings will inflate by three point one percent. So I am expecting the lower threshold to go up, but they said it will be capped so that the point at which um, You hit the higher band of national insurance will not move from fifty thousand two hundred and seventy, which makes sense because that is in line roughly with the um, income tax bandings, and that also is actually an advantage to the taxpayer because national insurance goes in the opposite direction to um, to the income tax bands, where once you earn over fifty thousand two hundred and seventy, the amount of national insurance you pay drops in percentage terms, so. On the first, I'm expecting that once they've confirmed the allowances, we'll see that about £9,865 of income will be at 0% national insurance. Um, earnings between that and 50270 you'll be paying the main uh, rate of national insurance, which is 13.25% for um, employees and 15.05% for employers' national insurance. Self-employed people will pay 10.25% national insurance on that band, um, which are all 1.25% increases from where they were before. But as you can hear, it leaves us with some very odd numbers in the tax system now, um, which are going to be an absolute pain to deal with. And make sure all my spreadsheets now have two decimal places um, shown on them. Otherwise, we can get into all sorts of hot water. But this this, so this um, also impacts people who earn salary and dividends from their own limited companies as the dividends taxes have also gone up. Um, and this actually results in some eye-watering numbers. So the dividends tax for the basic rate taxpayers is going to be 8.75%. Um, so for most people with limited companies, that's the main rate they'll be looking at. For any earnings over $50,270, you'd be looking at thirty three point seven five percent tax on dividends and when your earnings exceed hundred and fifty thousand then we're looking at thirty nine point three five percent so some pretty high figures there put that into practical numbers it means that if you're earning up to the basic rate band using dividends and a small salary you're going to see about a four hundred and forty six pound increase in your tax bill each year what was confirmed in the budget was that the increase in the corporation tax rate from 2023 has been confirmed. So, therefore, from April 2023, so not next year, tax year, but the one after, corporations will pay a higher um, amount of tax on their profits. Um, there is a lower limit of £50,000 so that profits up to £50,000 will pay 19% for profits between 50,000 and 250,000, the effective rate of tax will be 26.5% and then at 250,000 pounds of profits, um, you'll then full switch to the full tax system, which means all profits in that company will be charged at 25%. This marginal bit, the 26.5%, is to um, taper up the overall tax on profits so that if you look at the profits as a whole, you'd see that the, the effective tax rate being paid on the whole lot gradually slides up um, to 25%. But in practical terms, you'd be looking at the first 50,000 is taxed at 19% and then until you reach 250,000 pounds of profits, all profits after that are taxed at 26.5% this is like the tax system back from 2015 before um, it was changed by george osborne so we have stepped back in time here but ultimately this means we've got some difficult tax calculations to do because um, the increase in national insurance and dividends tax whilst that affects both sole trade partnerships and limited companies the increase in corporation tax obviously only affects um, limited companies and this does leave me with some concerns about the tax efficiency of limited companies now we've done a very brief calculation based on the tax rates as they will be from april 2022 and already this is suggesting that if um which is a completely theoretical basis but if you could have a self-employed income where you didn't earn a penny over the um basic rate band of tax, um, you would be about 900 pounds better off in tax terms compared to earning to the same level through a limited company. And once the corporation tax goes up from 19 to 25%, we'd be looking at that equation being more stacked in favor of self-employed. So if you're drawing every penny out of your business and not retaining anything for future investment or capital, Um, then it would suggest that being an unincorporated business or maybe an LLP or partnership would potentially be better for you in tax terms. Obviously, there are other factors to consider about finance and liability and the risk um, that you'd put to personal assets without having a um, corporate shell around you. But it certainly makes this calculation a bit more complicated for the question, am I better to be a limited company or not? Um, Ultimately, I would also say that if your business retains any profits to invest in um, future growth or whether your business produces more profit and cash than you need to draw, then a limited company may still be um, tax efficient for you. But I can imagine that over the coming year, we're going to be doing a lot more um, calculations on a case by case basis for um for doing that calculation as to if a limited company is worth it or not for different clients so i'm afraid it means that things are not getting simpler in the tax system in fact they're getting a little bit more complicated to work out where the right place to be is now i did write in the article that went out the day of the budget that um important things to consider if you're looking at what your trading structure is you need to consider what your um required monthly or annual drawings are for your lifestyle. You need to then consider if you need additional drawings to that for any bonuses you may expect from the business. Um, You know, if there's any additional income you see as the business performs that you may then want to use for holidays and things like that. It's also important to consider what the cash generation is of the business itself. Is that exceeding your demands on it for drawings or not? And then it's important to consider, okay, what's your exit strategy from this business? Is this a business that you're just gonna wind down and, and shut down or liquidate? Or is this a business that you've got um, the potential to sell on to someone who would take over from you or to sell to um, a bigger business? And then the final thing is, um, what is your investment strategy? What, How are you going to plan for your retirement? Or as I sometimes put it, um, uh, plan for the date in which you choose to work rather than feeling like you have to work and all of these factors are going to be really really important for deciding on the best structure um, for your business and without those um, it it can only be a, um, a guess as to what's going to be the best way forward for you. So I think that just about sums up the main points from the budget um, there are a few other points that i've put in the article on the website um, for things that um, either came up or things that are important to note um, but i'm sure that over the coming months we're going to see a few more bits come out to confirm the tax rates and at which point we'll be putting on the website our recommended salary and drawings for limited company owner managers. Um, And we'll also do a bit more analysis on the uh, limited company versus sole trade equation um, to help give any guidance we can um, in a general context. But as I say, if If you've got questions on that, it's best to speak to someone um, in detail so we can do an assessment um, based on the facts and situation that you're in. So I hope this helps give a quick summary of the budget and of the things to be aware of as we head into a new tax year in April 2022. Thanks very much.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for joining us today, Josh. That was certainly a very interesting one. So next week, we will be returning to the final few episodes in our 12 Vital Ingredients series. So please continue to follow us to finish off that series and hear from some more amazing guests. If you have any questions on this or any other topic, please email them over to inquiries at a4g-llp.co.uk and in the meantime head to our social media at a4g chartered accountants we're providing a lot more guidance on the areas discussed today and many others alternatively check out our website at www.a4g-llp.co.uk which is full of free tools guidance and plenty of food for thought to help you and your business i've been your host charlotte and this is let's get down to business over and out